Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here today to receive his gifts through his word. The first reading for LWML Sunday is from Habakkuk chapters 1 and 2. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. I will take my stand at my watchpost and station myself on the tower, and look out to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his law is, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. For I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. And Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea 
that he sh- then that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The sermon for LWML Sunday this year was written by the Reverend Dr. Dean Nadazdi, who is the President Emeritus of the LCMS Minnesota South District, and I only made a few alterations here and there. So, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. We hear a lot of talk these days about how difficult it is to be a Christian. The world has changed, the nation has changed. Increasingly, people are walking away from the church or choosing never to affiliate because we are seen as irrelevant, judgmental, and hypocritical. The more secularized we become as a nation, we're told, the less impact we Christians seem to have. All this talk about the challenges of living in a post-Christian world can lead to timid, fearful, and maybe even doubtful disciples of Jesus Christ. Truthfully, though, our world is not actually all that different from the world of Jesus' first disciples. The world has been described as pre-Christian because people did not know Jesus or his teachings or his mission. And that phrase, pre-Christian, may be a better description for our world today, better than post-Christian. It says that Christians are not participants in a dying institution, but rather in a movement. It says that people are watching us, wondering what makes us tick. To call our world pre-Christian is to say that we can still have an impact by the way we live. It says that our stories and songs matter, and that our everyday life means everything to the way the world sees Jesus Christ. And this is exactly what's happening with Jesus and his first disciples in Luke 17. Jesus was constantly teaching about everyday values and practices. Here, he tells his disciples that they would need to forgive others 
even if they had been wronged, seven times in a single day. And of course, he wasn't talking about some kind of institutional health here, but rather a way of life. He was referring to the simple but challenging act of confronting another with their sin and voicing forgiveness. And this is the stuff of everyday relationships. It is hard to confront, though, isn't it? And it's hard to forgive. The roots of bitterness run deep and last long, like tree roots, maybe even like mulberry tree roots, stubborn and strong. Increase our faith. It's no wonder that that was how the disciples responded to Jesus' challenge to forgive. They could have said, Good Lord, you expect us to forgive like that and that often? Now that's challenging. We need greater faith for that. Give us greater faith, Lord. This is one of those teaching moments. So when his disciples said, increase our faith, Jesus did not say, sure, presto, may you have greater faith. What he did say was, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus doesn't explain his response, and Luke, who records Jesus' words, doesn't interpret them either. You have to admit, though, it's quite an image, isn't it? With just a little faith, Jesus is saying, faith as small as a mustard seed, faith that you probably have right now, in fact, you can uproot a 30-foot mulberry tree and plant it at the bottom of the sea. I can just imagine a Christian saying to a mulberry tree, pull up your roots and head for the ocean tree. You'll be the first mulberry tree successfully transplanted to the ocean floor And then we see, of all things, this mulberry tree flying off to its new surroundings, 4,000 feet below sea level. So what is Jesus saying here? For one thing, he's saying that it's not always helpful to quantify our faith. Jesus' disciples were doing that with their request. They were saying, increase our faith. In other words, Jesus, give us more faith, heroic faith, enough faith to do the hard things in the hard times. Jesus' response says that it's not always helpful to make faith a quantifiable possession. We say that sometimes, though, don't we? If only I had enough faith, if I could just believe enough, Or negatively, we say, I guess I just don't have enough faith. Notice the weight of those statements on us. Can we believe enough? Can we trust enough? Do we have enough faith to make things right? It's almost going so far as to make faith our work that we need to do. 
So then, if faith is not to be quantified, how do we understand Jesus' words, faith like a grain of mustard seed? How can faith send mulberry trees flying into the sea? Jesus' concept of faith puts the whole matter of faith into our relationship with him. Faith, like a grain of mustard seed, is simply trust in him. A trust that abides in him, depends on him, and lives every day in him. It is only in Christ that we move that we move mulberry trees. Even the deep ones like bitterness or a lack of forgiveness. It is only possible as Christ lives in us. In Latin there are two words for faith. The first is fides, which might be said to be quantifiable actually. It is faith that certain things are true. So, Fides says, for instance, I believe that God created the world, that Jesus was born of a virgin, that Jesus was crucified, crucified and raised from the dead, that the Spirit brings life. Our creeds, just like the one we spoke just a few minutes ago, are great examples of this kind of faith, this Fides. The other word for faith in Latin is fiducia, and this is relational faith. It is trust in the Lord, being rooted in the power of God, which is his word and his sacraments. Fiducia was Martin Luther's preferred word for faith, and you can hear fiducia at work in Paul's familiar words in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him that is Christ who strengthens me. So, faith like a grain of mustard seed says, I can forgive not so much because I have enough faith to do it, but rather because I live and make decisions inside a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. The very same Jesus Christ who came to die on the cross for all of our sins. The very same one who will forgive you for all of your sins. And who in fact has already forgiven you all of your sins. Faith, like a grain of mustard seed, says I already have what I need to live my Christian life and witness. I have Christ, or even better, Christ has me. The one who came and died for me. The one who broke through death and came to life for me. The one who called me in baptism and made me his own. He is the one who seemingly makes impossible things possible. And just as much as he does this for me, he does this for you. And he does it for everyone. So... In Christ, we can confront the person who has wronged us and offer forgiveness. We do the hard thing and share our faith with our neighbors. We make time to pack food for the hungry when we thought we were too busy. We drop a quarter in a mite box, believing it will make a difference. We hold the hand of a neighbor in the hospital 
maybe not a neighbor that we're all that fond of. We phone a friend who has become distant. In Christ, our church takes on a new ministry, knowing that it will be a stretch simply because it is what Christ would have us do. So we see our community not as the enemy, but as our mission field. And underneath it all, you hear the mulberry trees moving. Hard things, seemingly impossible things, happening because Christ lives within us. In another gospel, Jesus talks about moving mountains with mustard seed faith. Here, it is the mulberry tree that gets moved. But either way, the message is the same. In our relationship with Jesus, we have what is necessary to do difficult and even seemingly impossible things. And why should that be so hard to believe? He has moved us from death to life, from being orphans to being His, from guilt to cleansing, from conflict to to reconciliation. (laughs) May that be our attitude the next time we say that it is difficult to follow Christ. What appears to be hard and even impossible may be just the thing that we need to do as we live with Christ day in and day out. And because Christ abides in us, the difficult thing can be done with joy. It may not be easy, but it is possible in Christ. May it be said of us, those were the days when Christians moved mulberry trees. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.